Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing, and for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening, am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to FastGrowingTrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's December 20th. You're listening to the President's Daily Brief. I'm your host and former CIA officer, Brian Dean Wright. Your morning intel starts now. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First off, we start today on America's southern border with a story about a migrant that reminds us of the real challenge to stopping illegal migration. Next, we travel to Vietnam with that country replacing the United Kingdom on a very special list. Third, we head to Japan where the CEO of Toyota has some very blunt words to share about dirty green energy. Finally, we stop in Canada where Chinese diplomats there are encouraging world leaders to save the planet's wildlife and wilderness. I'll explain why that is patently absurd. Later, we close out the podcast with a listener question about spy versus spy games in Africa. Leah wants to know, would France really kill a Russian official with a mail bomb? Well, before I answer that, we got to get started with this. We had some serious whiplash yesterday regarding America's immigration policy, and we're going to see a lot more of that today. So here's what I mean. Chief Justice of the Supreme Court John Roberts yesterday temporarily blocked the scheduled ending of something called Title 42. So as PDB listeners know, that is a Trump-era border restriction that allows the U.S. government to very quickly toss out asylum seekers at the border. Now, that was scheduled to end tomorrow, but a group of states led by Arizona appealed to the Supreme Court for an emergency administrative order to keep Title 42 on the books. Chief Justice Roberts agreed with those states, putting temporarily this freeze on things and giving Joe Biden's administration until 5 p.m. today to respond. Well, as that was happening, the White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre blasted those Republican states who want to keep Title 42. And then she compared Americans, maybe people like you, to human traffickers for disagreeing with the administration. So here's what she said, quote, the removal of Title 42 does not mean that the border is open. Anyone who suggests otherwise is simply doing the work of human smugglers. So that was kind of outrageous, but it gets worse or at least more awkward. And that's because as the press secretary was speaking, New York City's mayor, a fellow Democrat, Eric Adams, was asked about Title 42 and what will happen in his city if it's ended. And he said that, quote, every service that we provide is going to be impacted by the influx of migrants in our city. It's going to impact the dollars that we're using to clean our streets. It's going to impact public safety. 
Everything is now on the table. This is an unprecedented emergency, end quote. He then added that if Title 42 is set aside, New York might again be forced to set up a tent city to deal with all the thousands of illegals. So meanwhile, another fellow Democrat was blasting Joe Biden for his border policies too. Representative Henry Quaylar of Texas said on CBS that, quote, with all due respect, I've looked at Joe Biden's border plan and it hasn't worked, end quote. So you can all keep that in mind as Joe Biden and his administration respond to the deteriorating situation on the border, one that even members of his own party are saying is partially or largely his fault. So with that, I'd like to switch now to analysis and opinion. And I want to do that by telling you this next story with one warning. If you have little ones around, this next piece might not be suitable for their little ears. All right. With that quick warning aside, let me tell you this. Last Wednesday, a migrant from India died when he tried jumping over the border wall near Tijuana, all to gain unlawful entry into the United States. He died, unfortunately, of a head injury. So in his arms when he landed was his three-year-old son. The boy survived. Now, the man's wife also jumped with him, and she broke her hip when she landed, but otherwise she survived. So as we wrestle with this border issue and what to do about it, let me ask you this morning, whose fault is it that this man from India died? So it said differently, why did a man from India think that his odds were good, that he could travel seven to 8,000 miles all the way to Mexico, cross illegally and successfully into the United States and start a new life? Because somebody made him believe that he could do it. Somebody incentivized that man to travel halfway around the world and put himself and his family in jeopardy. Now, the White House this morning is effectively arguing that the Republicans did it. They have blood on their hands because Republicans are like human traffickers, telling people that we have an open border. And so illegals then come. If I could say that differently, Joe Biden and his team are effectively arguing that the man from India would be alive today if everybody, especially Republicans, just kept quiet about the crisis on the border, that it's not open. And that's a pretty remarkable argument because to my mind, Joe Biden is suggesting that, for instance, illegals don't talk to each other when of course they do, or that activists don't organize mass caravans to bum rush the border when of course they do, or that human smuggling networks aren't working every day to get new clients when of course they are. As PDB listeners might remember, last December, Human smugglers in Mexico made $1 billion in that month alone in human smuggling operations. That's according to internal documents from the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. So my point and my counsel to you is that Republicans aren't driving people to the border by acknowledging truth. Of course not. So what is? Well, as you answer that question for yourselves, I'd like to offer you this. I think it's all about incentives. American governments at the federal, state, and city level have promised migrants, especially illegal migrants, that if you can get here, you can stay here. And when you do, you get freedom and liberty, and you also get access to free housing, food, education, medical care, jobs, even free cash. 
It doesn't matter, of course, that none of those things are actually free. Somebody has to pay for them. And by the way, that somebody is you. But folks, poor people hear about all that liberty and those many free goodies. And of course they want to come. Not because some all-powerful Republicans told them about an open border, but because they heard about those many incentives from sanctuary cities and states who proudly talk about it. They hear, of course, from media groups and activist groups, friends, family, cartels, gangs, all of it. And yes, of course, they come, including a man from India who died with his son in his arms. So folks, I think that if we are really serious about our border, it can't just start and stop with fences and walls and more agents. Yes, we need all of those things, please. But we also have to adopt policies that address these incentives. Because maybe if politicians of all stripes had adopted these kinds of reforms to our incentive structures, well, maybe folks like that man from India would have never tried to come in the first place. It's a shame that we'll never know for sure. And it's a shame that his son will now grow up without a father and his wife without her husband. With that, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break. For my paid subscribers on Apple platforms, no ads for you, but for everybody else, not to worry, we will be back shortly. And when we do, I've got three more critical pieces of news for you. We'll be right back. You've heard it said, and it's true. Time is our most precious commodity. And the question is, how can you spend it wisely to improve yourself and the people around you? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you about a great way to continue the lifelong process of learning, and that's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. Correct, I did say free. As an example, sign up for Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the U.S. Constitution. Now, in this 12-lecture course, you'll explore the design and purpose of the Constitution, the challenges it faced during the Civil War, and how it's been undermined for more than a century by progressivism and liberalism. The course is self-paced, so you can start whenever and wherever. Enroll now in Constitution 101. Our country needs more Americans who understand the Constitution and can defend the freedom of the American people against the encroachments of an increasingly large and unaccountable government. Go right now to hillsdale.edu pdb to enroll. There's no cost, and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu pdb to register. Hey, Mike Baker here. Did you know that a recent survey found that 7 in 10 parents get an average of 3 hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year? I don't know, that sounds like, like a lot more sleep than we got during our baby's first year. Mothers, you deserve quality sleep. And here's how you can make that happen. Cozy Earth. Discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And now here's an exclusive Mother's Day. Don't forget Mother's Day is coming up. It's a Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code PDB. For 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology. It's adapting to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. They use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. 
We use these sheets of the Baker compound, and I am telling you, they are terrific. And Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of its products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. That's a 10-year warranty. Built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights of motherhood. Incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance sleep quality and overall wellness. This Mother's Day, treat your mom to the luxury, come on, she deserves with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code PDB for 35% off. After placing your order, select Podcast in the survey and then select PDB in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome back to the PDB. I've got three more critical pieces of news for you this morning. First off, we are heading to Vietnam, and that's because Hanoi is set to become America's seventh largest trading partner. Now, to explain what a big deal that is, Vietnam has now replaced the United Kingdom as our seventh largest trading partner. According to the U.S. Census Bureau and the U.S. Department of Commerce, Hanoi's share of goods imported into our country is now at 2.7%. That's, of course, the total goods that we get from abroad. The United Kingdom slides down a notch to 2.6%. It's a pretty remarkable moment, isn't it, given the history of our countries? And, of course, it's not just economic trade that's binding our two nations closer. As I briefed you on last week, U.S. military weapons manufacturers are in negotiations with Vietnam to sell them military gear, ranging from helicopters to drones to Coast Guard ships. And as we know, Hanoi wants all these goods because they see a profound threat to their north in China. And they're currently leaning on Russia for their military gear, which of course is a problem given the war in Ukraine. That's why they're looking to us, their very old enemy. For what it's worth, America's top countries that trade with us also include Canada at number one, then Mexico, then China, Japan, Germany, South Korea, and now, of course, Vietnam. And, and by the way, speaking of Japan from that list, let's take a quick flight from Hanoi to Tokyo, where we really need to hear from the CEO of Toyota this morning for our next brief. So on Sunday, Toyota's chief executive, Akio Toyota, said that there's a bit of a hysteria right now in his auto industry. It's a um, dirty green hysteria, if I can say that. So here's what Mr. Toyota said on Sunday in Bangkok when he was speaking with reporters. Quote, people involved in the auto industry are largely a silent majority right now. They wonder whether electric vehicles are really okay to have as a single option, but they think it's a trend, so they can't speak very loudly, end quote. So here's why he offered that pretty blunt and frankly honest assessment. So in many parts of the world, especially in poor countries and in rural areas, electricity is limited, he said, and charging stations will forget it even more so. Plus, he continued, it'll take decades before the necessary infrastructure is ever ready to build out for electric vehicles. And that's why, he said, sensible car companies like his should continue to make gas and hybrid vehicles too. Why, he asked, would you just abandon poor nations and all those poor people who really don't have the ability to buy and use electric vehicles? It's just, it's wrong, he said. And it's a dumb business decision, if I can paraphrase that. Well, all in all, it sounds reasonable and informed. But... Of course, those comments from Mr. Toyota, not going to come as a big surprise to PDB listeners. As I briefed you on back in October, the Toyota chief said then that for every fully electric vehicle, 
you could make eight hybrid cars with the same amount of batteries. And those eight cars would not only dramatically cut carbon emissions globally, it would also ensure that poor people could continue to access reliable transportation. Plus, he said, it would reduce the massive amount of mining needed globally for things like lithium, cobalt, and nickel. So for what it's worth, Mr. Toyota obviously knows what he's talking about, about a lot of things, but especially when it comes to encouraging hybrids. There have been more hybrids sold this year than fully electric vehicles. That's according to data from research firm Motor Intelligence. So all in all, folks, and in my opinion, I think that Mr. Toyota is a very smart man, one with a backbone. I wish we had more like him. So finally this morning, we are going to take a long flight from Japan over the Pacific Ocean all the way to actually another name on that list that I mentioned earlier of America's top trade partners. Yeah, we're going to go to Canada. It is there in that maple syrup covered country in the city of Montreal that the world has been debating how to save the planet's wild animals and nature just in general. So it's a UN conference of pretty fancy people. It's called COP15, but the name doesn't matter. What does matter is that they have come up with this very big, very non-binding global plan that says that countries have to agree to conserve 30% of their land, and that includes their inland waterways like rivers, plus coasts and their oceans. And for my farmers, I want you to listen to this. They also agreed to limit pesticides and cut nutrient runoffs from farms. Regardless, this plan is going to require tens of billions of dollars to fully implement, with large countries like the United States, which means you, taxpayer, funding the conservation efforts for poor countries. Now, it is true that the United States did not agree to this plan. Actually, it couldn't, because the U.S. Senate has never signed off on the treaty that brought all these nations together. Still, Joe Biden and his team announced yesterday that they would still work towards the 30% goal regardless. And folks, I bring this news to you for three reasons, and I now want to pivot from facts and data to analysis and opinion. First, it's interesting, isn't it, that Joe Biden signed off on this just a week after his administration announced that they're planning to develop tens of thousands of acres in the American West, all for solar and wind farms. Now, these are largely areas that are unspoiled by development. It's almost all raw nature. So agreeing to conserve nature while ripping out nature you know, just seems kind of counterproductive, silly. I don't know, you pick the word. Second, I'm reminded of what's happening in the Netherlands, where they are planning to seize upwards of 3,000 farms all because of their climate change goals and their campaign to what's called rewild their country. Now, that's a phrase that a lot of folks in the environmental community like to use that means that you take farms and ranches and you turn them back over to nature. So I suspect that we are going to see a lot more of that all around the world using this Canadian agreement as justification. Finally, actually, I should have said Chinese agreement, not Canadian, because this whole affair was led by China. The framework for the agreement was actually written by Chinese diplomats. So why is that interesting? Well, as it just so happens, China is telling the world how to protect land and animals. All the while, it's arguably the world's most destructive force of killing animals and destroying land. Let me just give you some examples. 
According to the British newspaper, The Telegraph, 13,000 donkeys each day are slaughtered globally for their skins, which are then sent primarily to China to create traditional medicines. Poor donkeys. Meanwhile, Chinese buyers were also working with African poachers to target endangered rhinos and elephants, with their horns being used for Chinese potions and lotions that allegedly cure things like cancer and erectile dysfunction. Oh my. Or we could also highlight how China is wrecking the global supply of fish. According to Bloomberg News Analysis, 90% of global fishery stocks are overexploited or depleted, all because of illegal activity. And guess who's responsible for most of that? Yeah, China. China's fishing fleet has grown from about a dozen ships in the 1980s to 17,000 ships today. Now, to understand how big that is, the next two closest countries in terms of total ships are Taiwan and South Korea, with a combined grand total of 2,500 ships. Compare that to 17,000 out of China, all of which operate off the coast of Latin America, Africa, and Asia. All of that, by the way, is according to London-based researcher Overseas Development Institute. Folks, this is just scratching the surface of the damage caused by China, and only on animals. I haven't even touched what the Chinese do with nature, like in how they operate their mines in places like the Congo or Indonesia. The point of all this is that the world just signed off on China's leadership for preserving nature and animals, while they are arguably the world's worst destroyer of both. Anyway, lots of shenanigans to come on this, of that I promise you, because we've got billions of dollars going to poor nations. Of course, we've got China inevitably cheating or lying about their progress. But no matter what, I will be watching for it, and I will share those dirty details as I learn them. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, Pure Talk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about Pure Talk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that Pure Talk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and Pure Talk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value. Pure Talk. Just go to puretalk.com slash baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being, and that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic, and and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true, finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. 
And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy, well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome back to the PDB, folks. I've got one more thing before I let you go. Leia or Leah from somewhere in the world wrote in about the mail bomb that we talked about yesterday in the Central African Republic. So to refresh our memories on that one, a Russian official last week received a package that he opened and it exploded. The Russians are blaming the French for what they call an assassination attempt. Now, when I told you of all that news, Leah seemed surprised, but mostly by my tone. So here's what she said. In your story today about the Russian official in the Central African Republic, you didn't seem that surprised that Russia was blaming France for this. And that made me wonder, is it a credible allegation that the Russians are making or just a suspicion? I mean, are the French really engaged in threatened beheadings and package bombs? Well, hmm, I will say this. I would not be surprised if any country in the world engaged in covert action that involved, well, in someone dying. And that includes the French. So let me explain. In the world of sort of spy versus spy, there are some general rules or gentlemen's agreements about who you target or who you won't. To give you an example of that, let's say that I, as a CIA officer, am in the field. I'm operating as a clandestine officer, and I'm meeting with my clandestine sources or agents. The gentleman's agreement, by most governments anyway, is that I won't be targeted for death. Now, maybe I'll be captured and jailed for a while. Maybe I'll earn a new scar on my cheek or somehow mysteriously lose some teeth. But governments generally aren't going to kill me. Why? Because they fear revenge attacks on their officers, on their people. But that's not the case for, say, the agents that I was meeting with, the, the foreigners who were my spies. Those folks can and are killed with much greater frequency. It's a, uh, it's a pretty horrific part of the work. And it's why officers like me spend so much time and effort ensuring that I and they are never, ever caught. So what happened in the Central African Republic? Did the French kill that Russian official, or at least try to? Because if so, that would kind of be breaking the gentleman's agreement, at least one could argue. 
Well, maybe. It is certainly possible that the French were responsible. Now, if that's true, the president of France would probably have to weigh in on this one because, well, we have the potential revenge attack issue that might come along with it. But yeah, sure, rules can be broken, especially in times of war, like the war in Europe right now between Russia and everybody else, to include the French. It's a, it's a nasty business, this thing of war. The longer that they go on, by the way, the fewer gentlemen there are to implement these agreements. And that is when you tend to get more mail bombs in their place. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes your morning brief. As always, we close out the show reminding each other of why we are here, talking about our country and our world. It's the creed of every good spy and every smart American. It's from John chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are and it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to podcast. Politics by Faith.